Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. This week we will address a matter of utmost importance to America, the need for revival. Revival is a word that we hear used often. It is a word that we use and don't really understand the biblical definition. Our goal this week is to define biblical revival. Psalms 85 verse 6 says, Wilt thou not revive us again? There are times that we turn away from God and He removes His hand of blessing from us. We know when God's power is not on us, and it's very evident that the moving of God is very limited in America. When we read in the Bible about the moving of God, it was powerful. It was life-changing. The Spirit of God moved on people and convicted them. Listen now as we dig into the subject. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. We are here on Friday wrapping up uh, Revival, which is a topic we've been talking about all week this week. And I'd like to start off with this question, what keeps us from having revival? Let me share some scriptures with you here. James chapter 4 and verse 6 says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You actually alluded to one of one of what I believe one of the main things is uh, on why we don't have revival today, and that's pride. The Bible says God resisteth the proud. If you if, often we'll talk about, well, you know, I, I feel like the Lord's not with me right now as strong as He's been other times. And the truth of the matter is, is sometimes the reason we feel distant is because we've got pride in our lives, and it says that God resists the proud. And and directly after that, it says submit yourselves. What is that talking about? It's talking about surrender. Surrender yourself to Him. Let me tell you this. This is what I believe one of the biggest problems that we have today in the Christian life is that we love God, we read our Bible, we go to church, we do all these different things, but we still are in the driver's seat in our own lives, and we ask God to ride shotgun. And so He can have an influence on us in our lives, but we don't allow Him in the driver's seat. In other words, I live my life the way that I want, and I ask God to intervene when things get difficult, maybe, right? That's when I say, well, hey, Lord, you know, there's this trial here. Will you come and fix this? But we're not actually allowing God to be the head of our lives and direct and guide us in the way we ought to go. And my life's verse is Psalm 1511. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and His presence is fullness of joy. On thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We all seek joy in life, and it comes from being completely surrendered to Him and allowing God to be in the driver's seat of our lives. Well, I think that that's great advice that you're sharing with us there. And, and honestly, I think the reason why, well, there's a number of reasons why we don't have revival. Number one, I don't think we understand what we're seeking for. Mm -hmm. We think it's a feel-good moment. I think we were seeking the wrong revival. We want a return back to the 50s, you know, to the picket fences and mom making cookies and and uh, everyone's happy. We go to church together as a family and we're all, you know, dressed in our cute little uh, dresses and suits and, and all that. And, and um, you know, uh, dad's... Uh, comes home, you know, it's like father knows best, you know, those kind of days of America that uh, everything's just great and, yeah. and apple pie and all that stuff there. Um, revival's going to be painful. It comes only through the doorway of repentance. And if you're going to experience repentance, it's gutting. It is tearful. It is um, Sacrificial regretful. As well. Yeah, it's sour. 
you know, it now it will bring rejoicing. It's like going through the claws of death with a birth, you know. Uh, joy will come. <laughs> Joy's coming. That baby will come. But, man, it's going to be a hard process to get there. That is the repenting side of it there. And when you go through that, um, so, number one, I don't think people understand that. They think it's going to be a feel-good thing. And there have been recent reports of revival. And when people leave those things, all they report is that feel good. Man, my balloon got pumped up. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, man, I just felt the presence of God. You know, and, and there, I'm not saying that it's not the presence of God, but that's not the revivals that we're talking about that we desperately need. Yeah, We need is an awakening. And the guys who are going to preach that are the prophets. They're the ones who are going to tell us things aren't good. Things aren't right. Yeah. We need to straighten up, and uh, and when we fall into conviction and do that, and the and God descends on us, these things will fall in place. Go ahead. Well, and I like the way that you said that. You you can hear a great message, and really be touched by the message, but revival requires action on your part. Just because you heard a good message doesn't mean you have revival in your heart. There, and I I, I, I tried to kind of mention this as you were talking about it. I, I believe revival is often going to have something to, something to do with sacrificial or, or a sacrifice on your end because God is trying to add something to your life maybe that you, you need to add or take something away that he doesn't want, and therefore it is yeah. often sacrificial. Well, let me get into the steps for revival. But let me say this too. I just had a thought. I need to quote Leonard Ravenhill. If you're going to be a student of revival, you cannot be a student of revival without reading and studying the research that Leonard Ravenhill has has given, a British uh, preacher, used to be a missionary. And he said this, the reason why America does not have revival is because they don't want it. Now let that sink in. And I believe he's absolutely right. The reason we don't have revival is because we don't want it. We don't really want to put forth the work that's involved in getting it. If you want revival, be ready to be stretched. Be ready to be flattened, you know, because it's going to be painful, but it'll be worth it. Mm -hmm. It really will be worth it. God's given us a recipe in the Bible for revival. Now, people say this only belongs to the nation of Israel, but I think they're incorrect by interpreting it and just keeping it just for the nation of Israel. Because a lot that was given to Israel is applicable mm-hmm. for us in in for us Gentiles, for us in the church age today. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. Everyone knows this verse. If my people, which are called by my name, I think it's interesting how it opens there. Yeah. You know. You know. Let me give some context to that verse. Israel's at their highest point. I mean, the temple's just been built. Solomon's temple uh, uh, palace has been built. Man, they're praising God. You'll never find Israel. Uh, at the wealthiest, godliest, happiest moment in their history. This is it. This is the zenith of their existence as a nation. And they have a celebration. The temple's just been built. It goes on for a week. Now God speaks. And he says, Israel, if you remain faithful to me, I'm going to bless you. But if you mess up, if you turn away from me, here's how you get back. If you fall, here's how we can be restored, how revival comes. Mm -hmm. And so here's the point. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, three things he tells us. Humble yourself, yeah. pray, seek my face, and, and, and turn from your wicked ways. Sorry, there's four things he tells us he's, that we need to do. Humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, 
turn from our wicked ways, then he does three things. He'll hear our prayers, number one. He'll forgive our sin. And number three, heal our land. He'll restore the land. Okay? And so if we want these things, we need to do these four things. I used to think, Tyler, for years and years and years, the wrong idea on this. I used to think I was in the waiting room, waiting on God, waiting on God in his good time. And when, when things come to pass, according to his will, the stars are aligned, whatever, I don't know. In his will, he'll open up the window of heaven and dump down a revival on us. We just need to be waiting for it yeah. and receiving it when it comes. Okay. So I'm waiting on God for years and years and years. I used to think it that way. And that was wrong. I now know the right way is this. I'm not in the waiting room. God is. I'm putting God in the waiting room until I do these four things. Yeah. <clears throat> and we're talking about humbling ourselves. Pray. If you go to the Lewis Island revival that we've been referring to all this week, wilt thou revive us again? And I believe God can do it again. I really do. And if he does, it can restore our nation. Um, they prayed. When Peggy and uh, her sister went to their pastor, Pastor, you, you want revival, you seek revival. You've tried many things, special speakers, evangelists, missionaries. Have you considered trying God? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, but he knew she was a God-fearing woman, and, uh, and she said she and her sister are waiting on God, praying for revival. And they prayed till 10 at night, till 4 o'clock in the morning, two times a week. And he assembled the men, and they did this. And uh, while they're in the barn praying, I don't know how many weeks they did this, but according to the testimony, while he's in the barn, one of the young men stands up to his feet yeah. and says in the Gaelic tongue, this, uh, this is humbug. I only thought Ebenezer Scrooge said the word humbug. Yeah. <laughs> but this young man said, this is humbug. What does he mean? This is useless. This is waste. This is a waste of our time. If we're not you know, for us to be waiting and praying if we're not rightly related to God. Then he quoted from Psalms chapter 25, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive this, uh, this blessing of the Lord. And he said, the young man fell to his knees and he lifted up his hands. He said, oh God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? And, and Lewis, as he was given the testimony, said, that's when God shook the island of Lewis. The Spirit of God came down. And I'm here to tell you, what did he do? They were praying, they were seeking his face, but they also had to turn from their wicked ways. Yeah. You know, my, are my hands clean? Am I living a pure life? Is my heart right with you? That's repentance. That is repentance. And when they repented, the Spirit of God began to move, and revival broke out. And I'm here to tell you, God can do it again. I believe it. You asked me a question uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, no, I think it was last week when we were talking about America, uh, you're not too big to fail. And you asked me a question, is there hope? Do I believe there's hope for America? Do you, th you know, do I think America, you know, um, can, can we uh, survive the, the destruction that's coming our way? Uh, the, you know, God's judgment, can we survive it? And that's plagued me. I don't know if you know that. Every morning I've been uh, in prayer on that. I didn't know and, that. Um, and, I, and, I, and I tell you, I, I, <clears throat> I'm, I was beginning to lose faith. There are times that I struggle with it. I really do. Because I don't see us repenting. 
and I knew, and I know the nature of man because, you know, I'm just like most men. I too, you know, want to continue in my ways and not surrender. Mm-hmm. I want to do it my way instead of always yielding everything to God. I still want to be in control and keep a hold of that driving wheel, that driver's wheel, instead of letting go and let God. Yeah take in you know, charge of things there. I'm guilty of that. And sometimes, cause I know the heart of man and I think we keep wanting to ride this miracle round because it's fun and we're going to ride it to the very end. Even if it destroys instead of getting off and getting right and I, and I, doing I, what we should. I, I got to say this far. This is almost, I always thought I was a little bit weird in this, but a lot of times when I pray, I, I will not lead off, just list off a bunch of things to God. I, but I, I focus on trying to be, to get close to him. And I believe that's what the Bible's talking about when it says to seek his face. The Bible says if you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. That is the most important thing that you can pull out of prayer in a day. It's not telling all the things that you need because God knows of those things already. But seeking his face, thinking about being close to the Lord. Uh, we have a border collie. You talk about seeking his face, every time he looks up at the master, Am I doing right? What's next? What do you want me to do next? I think that's the greatest example of seeking the face of God. Every step, you're wondering, am I, am I right where you want me to be, Master? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's where we need to be by seeking his face. Amen. Well, I hope that this this week of uh, discussion on seeking revival has been a help to, a help to you. Pray. Start following these steps. Pray that God would do it again. Oh, God, do it again. And God, use me, use me as a vessel. Make my heart right. And, and, and convict me of my sin. Like the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Mm-hmm. Reveal it so I can repent of it and make my life right with you. Show me your holiness. We've got to stop there. And that's it for this week. Join us again next week at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.